salutations, listeners. Sa- salutations? T- Tashans? Yes. Salty Haitians? I think it's salutations. Ah, oh. soggy nations. Yes! Soggy That's, nations, yeah. listeners. See you, Valesvaleo. Valamogulis. No, 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 no. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men and a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Culp here. Action Jackson. X-Mix, Flaxen, Jackson, Waxen. That's what, that's, what they, that's what they call me. That's on your birth certificate, right? I believe that is, yeah. Do you wax the, the flax, one. or do you jax the wax? You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why jax the wax got me. That's between me and my massage therapist. I appreciate that you're staying loyal. <laughs> Can you give me a rundown of what is involved in jaxing the wax? Uh, we'll do that offline. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> In this podcast, we review movies, and we deliver to you, the listener. You're the listener. The person listening right now. Hi, You're listener. the listener. Hi, listener. What's up? An average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, our goal is to target movies that are not total blockbuster smashes, nothing too big. Uh, we're also not targeting ones that are super-duper obscure, nothing that you're going to have to go, God forbid, on Amazon to track down. That's probably a poor example, because you can definitely find a lot of our movies on Amazon. It's true. But nothing that you will have to, say, barter the Ark of the Covenant for. You can buy a 55-gallon drum of lube on Amazon. Really? Yeah. What the deliver? Jack- Jackson's over here like, yeah, I got two. Yeah. <laughs> In case one breaks down. <laughs> it was the wrong size. When they delivered it, it spilled. Uh, but the good news is I can park seven cars in my driveway. That, wow. Because of the lube? Yep. He's also king of the slip and slide. They just slide right in there, man. <laughs> that's uh, that's utility. Yeah. Uh, So the podcast doesn't involve so much lube. Some lube. Some. Uh, little yeah. lube. Social lubrication. Social lubrication. And yeah, we aim for those movies right in the middle. The movies that you can sort of slide right in the middle with minimal lube. Yeah. Those that are accessible, ones you've seen, maybe ones, you know, you saw a long time ago, ones that maybe you haven't seen and you're looking to us for a recommendation. That's what we do. Don't you do that. We do that. We review those movies and we let you know whether or not it's worth your time tracking them down and watching them. We pull those movies straight off of your Uncle Chuck's dusty movie shelves. Oh. And, uh, Uncle, Uncle Chuck. Chuck. Uncle mm. Chuck. What a, what a guy. This week, we reviewed the movie... Goon! Goon! Not to be confused with Goonies. Right. That's a totally different movie. That's a that totally is, different movie. That's not this movie. Not a sequel. Not a prequel. Different universe. Still in the Northeast, though. Right. True. Yeah. True. So, basically the same movie. Yeah. One of the upper hemispheres. Yeah. Um, Goon. Okay, so let's kick it off with cherries. Goon. I've seen Goon so many fucking times. I think parts of this movie are actively burned into the rods and cones in my retina. I saw this movie once probably 15 years ago. It was 15 and a half at least. At least. Yeah. Speaking of halves, um, I've never seen it. He, he, you know, he right. set it up and then he just hit it out of the park. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, uh, this was a, this was a juicy little pop. Um, Cherry for Mark. And it was good. It was worth saving. Yeah. Myself. I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad you saved yourself for us. It was a I'm good I'm really one. glad that we could be a part of this experience. Okay. You know what? I'm glad that you guys were here. You held me. It was rough, but we got through it. Yeah. And it's, I, all, it's all about aftercare. Yep. And I feel older now. Mark's got rope burns. He's confused and dazed after his first experience, like the, a Christian youth counselor. The chafing will kick in tomorrow. Ooh, the chafing. Yeah. 
I have I have a cream for that. Thank you. That is an STD. Mm. It's not changing. That's why it keeps coming back. That's why it keeps coming back. Yeah. More of a okay. mechanical So it's burn. not a friction thing. It's not a friction thing. Gotcha. No. Damn it. Okay. Sorry about that. Goon. What do we know about Goon? Well, we do know that it's fucking rated R. It yes. is arguably rated R. It's real rated R. It is inarguably rated R. <laughs> 2011 film. Rated R, yes. I would say medium plus R. One hour and 32 minutes. It's a tight 90, and I make no qualms about that. Yeah. It's oh, not, it's, not yeah. plus minus or on anything. No, the, it's, it's, the, it hits. Uh, the final scene hit, and it was done. Like, yep. there was no lingering. It was a good runtime. I don't think a single scene in this movie took longer than it needed to. Yep. Solid. What do we have for genres for this movie? Well, we've got, uh... Comedy. Solid. Drama. Yeah. Sport. Sport. Sport! I mean, this isn't, like, your mama's Remember the Titans, but this is, this is like a full... It's a sport movie. It's a league of its, its own. It is yeah, a league of its own. Yeah, it's probably closer to a league of its own, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Slapshot. Yes, Dude, but I love it. Slapshot's a little shtick, though. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't shtick. This is a full-on I, sports movie. They didn't oh, have, it is a straight they didn't up have any movie. little shticks in this movie. It was all full oh, size, big old shticks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were they were full size sticks. Yeah, yeah. They they flattened out at the end like a proper shtick. Yeah, they they took that curve that they all sort of tend to do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, some people don't, but you know, it's fine. Is nobody else has that? No, I mean, I've seen it, you know. But like, some people are straight and narrow. Some people have a little. Whoop! I'm going sideways. So, theoretically, if you guys don't do a handstand, you don't pee in the toilet? I pee in the toilet. If, if you don't do a handstand, it doesn't come back and hit you. You're, you're not like... Is there any shame in Peeing that? on your chest. No, I have to I have to kind of angle oh. a little bit. Oh, so you're... <laughs> we can't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Is there anything that we would add to the honest? I don't think I would, honestly. There's one that I would add. And again, we've talked about this. Whether it's a thing or not, but true story. So this is a true story. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I thought know you that's... were gonna say rom com, and we were about to fight. <laughs> I'm not Mark. I don't <laughs> add rom com to every fucking movie. No. Uh, to be fair, I was I was fighting the rom com genre. Okay. Mark's over here. You know. Yeah. Meet the Feebles. That's a rom com, right? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> How dare you bring up that movie? It's garbage. <laughs> I love that movie, sir. <laughs> I will I, fight you. I have a tattoo of that movie, sir. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to be on record as saying No, that. you do. <laughs> you do. All right. Colin, do you like that movie? As long as we're inking audio, you do. You do. I do. All right. All right. <laughs> you use charge. Do me a favor. Go outside and bite the curb. I'll be out there in a minute. Uh, What description do we have of this movie? Yes. Okay. I'll be glad to, uh, to help out here. Um... Labeled an outcast by his brainy family, a bouncer overcomes long odds to lead a team of underperforming mythics in a semi-pro hockey glory, beating the crap out of everything that stands in his way. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. Applause. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a sports movie, but it's, it's a fighting movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's a guy who, he's a goon. He That's is it. a goon. That's it. That's I mean, that's the sort of alpha and omega of this movie, right? It's the guy who really who fights really well, and he gets onto a hockey team because he fights really well. God, I I want to talk about how that resonates off me more, but we can't until spoilers. All right, let's let's plow um, ahead, not each other. All right, That's all right, fine. all right. I Maybe got both. really Maybe excited. Both. I got really excited. I'm not I'm, ruling I'm anything out here, guys. All right. Shades are drawn. Okay, who do we have in this movie? Well, to start off, we have Sean William Scott. 
Uh, Stifler in the American yeah, Pie series. Yeah, you would all know him from Stifler and the Dukes of Hazard. He played Bo Duke. Yeah, he was also in the rundown with The Rock. Yes. He was the guy that The Rock was charged with, like, hunting down and bringing back. Sean William Scott is fucking awesome. Oh, dude, he's great. Dude, and this movie for, like, Sean William Scott, it was such a departure from the sort of, like, Stifler typecasting, right? Yeah. Like, he's not weaselly, he's not annoying. He's not smarmy. No, he's a very different character. Yeah, no, So don't... I, I say that only because I don't want the listeners hearing that Sean William Scott is in this movie to be turned off thinking that he's going to be Stifler. Right. He's not Stifler. Or, on the other side, big fans of Sean William Scott seeing this movie because they're expecting Stifler and not delivering. Right. Sean William Scottigans. Yes. We call them. Yes. You know what's funny is that, like, when I think of Sean William Scott, the movie that comes to mind is a movie we've done on this podcast. It's Evolution. And oh, yeah. And as I'm flipping through the filmography, you know, it doesn't even show up. Honestly, know? his character in this is a little closer to his character in Evolution than I think yeah. anything else. Just like naive. Yeah, but kind hearted. Yeah. yeah. So next on the list, we have Jay Baruchel, who our younger viewers would know as Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. It's so funny that you went there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know him from a lot of things. Sorcerer's Apprentice, The End. He's the main character in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. With uh, the one with Nicolas Cage. Wasn't he also in Fanboys? Yes. He uh, plays Windows in Fanboys, the guy who is chatting with the girl in uh, Texas on his tough book. Holy shit. I'm scrolling through his filmography. He was in Robocop. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, some other Jay Baruchel gems are She's Out of My League, which is on our list to review. Fantastic. Really good movie. He's the main character in that. The Trotsky, which is also on our list to review. That's a really interesting and good movie. Yeah, he pops up in everything, especially anything related to Adam McKay, Seth Rogen, and Judd Apatow. So anything connected to them, Jay Baruchel is probably in. Who else we got in this movie? We got Eugene Levy. Oh, fucking Boss motherfucker, man. Eugene Levy. Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. He plays shit. <laughs> yeah. He plays. Oh uh, my god. Well, he doesn't play shit. He oh, plays he Johnny Rose. Yeah, he doesn't play shit. He plays Johnny Rose. You're right. So he plays Johnny Rose in Shit's Creek, the dad of the of the American Pie franchise <laughs> of the Shit's oh, Creek franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I think that's where he's most well known. The the American Pie franchise. Really? Yeah, and anything with Catherine O'Hara. He was in Best yeah. in Show. Also, and... waiting for Guffman. Yeah, ninety six. Father um, of the Bride Part Two. Human Resources. He plays a solid side character. Yes, you know, and his eyebrows actually play a pretty good character too. It's like a, it's a side squared. Yeah, they're their own sort of thing. Yeah. They just yeah. kind of. He yeah. was also, believe it or not, in Finding Dory. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also had Allison Pill. In Allison this. Pill. Oh, who like you're definitely so gonna recognize her face? She was in uh, Snowpiercer, which we covered. Uh, she was the teacher. She was yep. the teacher. Yeah, yep. Machine Gun Teacher. Uh, she was. <laughs> is Machine Gun Teacher is that a movie? Is that a band no, name? Machine Gun Preacher is the movie. Machine Gun Teacher is definitely a band name. Yeah, right. Machine Gun Teacher. Uh, she was also Kim Pine in Scott Pilgrim. And, uh, she, she was. She was the drummer. She was the one who went. We are Sex Bomb. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. She was in Milk, Hello Tomorrow, and she was in Archer. Oh, she's a, she a was Lisa. Alicia in Archer. Dude, I fucking love that show. Ugh. It's good. And uh, I think 
It looks like she was also in Picard. Oh, I never watched that. Which I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen it either. Uh, I think the last one we definitely want to cover, Leif Schreiber. Leif Schreiber, Dude, oh my fucking god. Leif Schreiber is amazing. Fucking Sabretooth. X-Men! You know... Dude, my favorite go-to, Leah Schreiber, which is actually also on our list to review. One of my favorite movies of all time, Defiance. Oh, With Leah Schreiber and Daniel Craig. That yes. movie is fucking amazing. Uh, he Ray plays, Donovan. He plays the younger brother. Yeah. He was in Jacob the Liar? Yep. He was in Jacob the Liar. Another World War II classic, just like yeah. Defiance. Yeah. Ray Donovan, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Manchurian Candidate. Oh, he was in the Manchurian Candidate. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, that, oh god, he's so good. He's legendary. He is. The next one, I think the last one probably we'll cover is Kim Coates. Oh. Um, Kim Coates, I think, is one of those actors that everybody knows his face. But oh, yeah. not everybody knows his name. I would agree. Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is probably yeah. his most high profile. This and Sons of Anarchy are probably his most high profile. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen Godless, but if you haven't, you need to. It's one of those that I really like. But yeah, Kim Coates has been... He pops up in everything. Yeah, and in some of the weirdest places, too. He played a role for a brief time on the uh, sci-fi original Van Helsing. He was in The Crew with Kevin James, Bad Blood, Fantasy Island, Ghost Wars... The funny thing is he plays across from Kevin James quite often, which is just the weirdest combo. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was also in some more high-profile stuff in, like, the early 2000s and 90s. He was in, like, Pearl Harbor and Black Hawk Down. Again, not main cast, but supporting cast. But a very talented actor. Kim Coates is great. I wouldn't want to be on his bad side. No. I feel like Kim Coates is the kind of guy who, like, he knows how to fuck shit up. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Like, he can fight. Throat punch and I'd be dead. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got that, like, face, you know? He does have a face. I think... Well, no, it's it's, we're... Not, it's not just that he has a face. It's that he has that face. I feel like Oh, it's face, that face that's important. Okay, I thought you were just remarking that he has a face. And no, I was no, like, no. It's a specific you know what? kind he of does. face. No, it's, he it's, really it's does have a face. But he's got such strong angular features, I feel like I would cut myself if I punched him. Well, that's why you don't. Right. Punch him. Because you would. Yeah. In the face, which he has. Right. Yes. Now, speaking of what you would do and what you wouldn't do, would you recommend? I would buy him a drink. But would you recommend this movie? Absolutely, I would. Is there a moving good? Okay, okay. How about you, talent? I would recommend. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, with very few caveats. Honestly, the only two things that jump into my mind, like things to be cautious of, I would recommend this to people who don't like sports movies. But I think there is a class of people who are so fucking pathologically averse to sports movies that if you're watching a drama and a character just happens to be watching a baseball game in the background, they freak out and get upset. If you're that person, like, first of all, fuck you, I don't want to know you. Yeah. Second of all, don't watch this movie because there is quite a bit of hockey, which is, believe it or not, a sport. It is a sport. And, you know, it's, it's a sport movie, but... There's, it's got so much more to offer that's not the sport part. So I would not recommend it just because you're like, oh, I don't like fucking Remember the Titans or whatever it happens to be. Anyway, the other caveat is like people who are averse to sort of like graphic depictions of violence. This movie is about a goon, believe it or not. It's a violent fucking movie. The guy not only plays hockey, but he fights, yeah. right? You know, it, it's that old saying, right? I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. Yep. Um, this movie encompasses that pretty well. If you're averse to strong language or strong violence, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. But I'd still recommend it. Yeah, it's it's super crass, but goddamn, it's so good. 
It is. It's. I, I feel like this movie... If that's what you're there for. I feel like this movie in spirit is very similar to, like, Us. Oh, yeah. Like, The Three Men, right? It's, like, it's a great deal of cursing and crass humor and dick and fart jokes, but there's, like, a piece of us that tries to be, like, as genuine as possible and give our true opinions and feelings and, and not hide how we feel about a particular movie that we're... And, you know, try and try to have some feels. Yeah. Right? I feel like this movie aims for the same thing. Right. Right. The heart amidst the fox. Yes. I don't know. The, the fucks or the fox? The fucks. The fucks. I, the, the heart um, amongst the fucks. <laughs> with the heart amidst the fucks? Ooh, I, like heart, that. I like that more. Heart the heart amidst, amidst the, the fucks, fucks is a t-shirt with like roses all over it. Is, is it a band as well? I feel like it could be like an 80s band like Duran Duran. Oh, Heart dude. amidst the fucks. See, I yes. was thinking more like the darkness, you know? Like, oh, okay. Like really kind of, I don't know, whatever. Heart amidst the fucks. We'll figure that one out. Yep. I feel like, like you said, with a t-shirt, I feel like there could be a really cool kind of design around Heart amidst the fucks. Yeah. Like him. Do you remember yes. fucking, oh, you remember his, the- his Infernal Majesty or whatever? Him? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. The fella from the the fella from the two thousands with all of the he just he took a picture in a lot of white rooms. Yeah, do you remember just completely white rooms and he was he had fingerless gloves. Are we talking about the same person? Definitely the same person. Yeah, but like you judged me when I like threw I didn't it out there. I didn't judge you. I just wasn't his biggest fan, so when you said that I was confused and then I was like, Oh, yes, I do oh. actually recall that. Or was it like, Oh, Mark actually listened to it? <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's a t- maybe there was a smidge of judgment. Maybe there's a little judgment. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a flavor of judgment. I'm not here to judge, but if you're looking for it, I'll <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to bring it up Don't casually. About. Like uh, you uh, gave me the discography. I wasn't gonna judge you before the invitation, <laughs> but uh, while you walked me to the door, so uh, I opened it, brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> Apparently now I am in the WWE. <laughs> But again, speaking of the WWE... Spoilers. <laughs> are we ready to spoil the shit out of this? <laughs> In McClellan! <laughs> Look, I don't want to break the fourth wall too much, but I'm so glad you left all that shit in there. In McClellan! Um, I love when you just pause to do a casual fuck you. <laughs> uh, are we ready to spoil the ever-loving shit out of this movie? I am so ready to... I liked it. I liked it. What do you have to offer? Alright, um, I'm gonna go... I tried to... I didn't understand any of those blah, blah, blahs. Yeah, but they were all different. They were unique. They were collectible. <laughs> they were coll- collectible, this yes. Is why you're they here. were the Disney glasses from McDonald's of this podcast. <laughs> Put a QR code to our shop on this episode. 150. Cut. Gotta catch them all. Cut this section out. Sell it at McDonald's. I'm still trying to write hard on its fucks on the third <laughs> part. We're taking a really, like, sort of scenic, circuitous path here. I'm I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah, but to be fair, this is a good movie. It is. To do that It is indeed. Okay, so we are in spoiler territory. Turn this fucking podcast off if you don't want this movie spoiled as shit. I swear to God, I will turn this podcast around. Talking to you, Clay. So how's it start? Okay, so this movie starts with a young fella named Douglas Glatt. It's true. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it does start with him. It does. So it starts in... Okay. Oh, he's a bouncer. Yeah. So where actually is it? I know it's stateside. I know it's it's not in Canada. It is in the United States, but somewhere in New England, somewhere with very, like, 
I think it's Boston. Yeah, it could be Boston. It could be Philly. It could be Jersey. It could be further north. It could be into like Connecticut or Maine. But I'm, like, I'm gonna be honest, all those states, kind of the same thing. Yeah, from oh. the perspective of Michigander, you know. Oh like, yeah, we highfalutin Michigander. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, there's Michigan. We don't talk about Ohio because it's Ohio, and then there's all those other states. Yeah. That's true. There is. That is. You're right. Michigan, and then there's everything else except Ohio. Yeah. Which is a third lower. category that doesn't exist. Which is lower than everything. There's the West. Else. There's the Northwest. There's the East, and there's the South. Ish. And then there's Michigan. Right. I feel like you're giving the rest of the United States too much credit. That's Fair. a good point. That's a Fair. good point. Yeah. You know, we need to we make sure that Michigan's above everything else. I mean, I'm a P and W kid. So that sounds like a gas station. Is that is it a gas station? It is not a gas What's station. What's a PNW kid? PNW Pacific Northwest. Oh, I thought you said P and W. Yeah. And I was like, that is clearly a gas station slash convenience store. Like a circle K. At least a five below. Or a quick trip. See, he's speaking in tongues now, Mark. I, I don't understand what he's saying, but it's not good. Assuredly, not good. I think it's one of those like Pacific things. It's <sighs> not. It's Wisconsin. Same thing, really. <laughs> Honestly, Wisconsin it's the same thing. is the West Coast. It, it really is the West Coast. You've got to go over an entire lake to get there. Okay? Okay? A whole lake away. All right. I can't over, walk over there. Over there with their bagels and their Wisconsin. And right. Their... right? It's like California, Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin is a suburb of Sacramento, isn't it? Probably. I probably, I yeah. wouldn't know any different. You know who would know different? But probably not. Doug Glatt. Yeah. He would. He would. So Doug Glatt is a young man who is working security at a local bar. You get the sense that he is not so much in love with where he is in his life and what he's doing. But Doug has a special skill. It's not balloon animals. It's not pulling a rabbit out of some lady's ass in an alley. It sure as shit ain't brain surgery. It's basically he can take a shovel to the face and just keep on going. Yeah. Yep. He is, also, he is Homer Simpson. his hands happen to be shovels, which can hit other people's face really well. Yeah, I noticed every time they showed his hands in this movie, like, they were they were thick, they were swole. That doesn't fit the Sean, Will- Sean William Scott that, that I know. Do you think that he had a hand double? Ooh. Ooh, intrigue. I'm just saying that, like, his hands were thick. That's true. And I don't think that Sean William Scott's fists are built like hammers. I think he may have had a hand double. Like, so, a, like a David Duchovny. Like a J.B. Pruitt. Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, shit. The delicate, nuanced features of J.B. Pruitt's hand. But instead, we sub in something that is meaty and manly and calloused. Rip a bone book in it. It was just like beef, you know? It was beefy. It was wide. Okay. <laughs> and wide? You know, it was. Beefy and wide. Tell us more, Mark. Well, more about these fists that you're thing. concerned about. Yeah. Okay, uh, so. What's I next? would ironically so, wear a t shirt that said beefy and wide because I am neither of those things. So he's a big sports fan, and his best friend. Played like, by Jay Baruchel. Yeah, is, is a host to Hot Ice. A hockey show. And so his friend decides to get some footage for his, he does like a hand cam, some footage for his show, Hot Ice, which is, let's say, I don't know, it's above public access because they definitely have like producers and shit. Yeah. But it's not far above public access. Well, at first I thought it was like, you know, not not to get too weird about it, but like, it was like a podcast. Like when I first. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, like Before something that, like thing. some like loser did in his basement or something. Fucking losers in I their basement with their podcast. Was, I think yeah. it was a vlog. If God you damn, remember dude. those, I really look down to people who record things in their basement. Yeah, 
fucking weird. Yeah. You know? Get a goddamn studio. Get a life. God. Shit. Jackson. Jackson. I'm sorry. Jackson. Jackson, get it, Mark. Yeah. (sighs) God. Who do you think you are coming in here recording? I don't know. Okay. I was hoping you could tell me. But, like, he's got, like, a (laughs) studio. God, amnesia. (laughs) He's got a studio and all this shit. So, his best friend, Hot Ice, blah, blah, blah. Takes him he, to a game, and what happens? He beats the shit out of this dude. Yeah, so this dude... Cracks like, his fucking helmet oh with his God. forehead. So, so it's, like, this is low-grade hockey they're talking about. We're not talking about the NHL. We're not even talking about, like, sort of the step below the farm teams. This the is triple A. This is fucking, like, these guys get paid to play. They're professionals, but just fucking barely. And these teams that they're watching, I mean, just fucking, you know, again, back to the whole, I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. Like, they're literally just on the ice punching each other. This guy ends up getting put in the penalty box. He is from the opposing team. So people are throwing shit at him and he, you know, gets really upset. And his buddy starts to pick a fight. He's just throwing insults, throwing beer. He threw threw a beer at the guy and the guy gets really upset. Understandably. Oh, I would get pissed. Threw a beer at me, I'd be pretty miffed. But what I wouldn't do is drop an F-bomb and not the fuck bomb, like the other F-bomb. Yeah. Uh, which he did. And Sean William Scott character, Doug, we haven't mentioned this yet, but Doug is not only an amazing fighter, but he's also a bit simple. He's wholesome. Yeah. He's a good yeah, person. Yeah, but I think there's a little bit more to it. Like, even in the mo- even in the movie, he calls himself stupid. Yep. Like, he is not a particularly intelligent person. He's he comes, also not he a particular... from a family of doctors and surgeons. So even by comparison, he's dumber than they are, but he's just a very simple-minded person. He looks at life through a particular lens, and that lens happens to just filter out all obscurities. Yeah, he's also like not particularly well-spoken which I think stems from his intelligence. But if it helps you triangulate, he's somewhere between Forrest Gump and, like, an average person. Yeah. Right? Like, so take Luke Wilson's character from Idiocracy. He's halfway between him and Forrest Gump. He is not, like, handicapped, but he's definitely below average in terms of Dare Smart and Goody. He didn't do well in school. No, but his fists know what to do without his brain telling him what to do. Yep. He can fucking throw hands. And like Homer Simpson in a boxing ring, this dude can soak up some damage. Which is like, I feel like half and half, right? Like, you can't be good at one or the other. You have to be good at both. In D&D, if you can take a hit, but you can't give one, it's a tank. And if you can (laughs) give a hit, but you can't take one, it's a glass cannon. Mm. This dude is both. He's a tank cannon. He's a tank cannon. So, like I said, he's a bit simple, and he definitely tends to settle things with his fists, but he doesn't feel good about it. The one other character trait we need to mention is that he's unfailingly kind and good-hearted. Oh, yeah. such a nice person. He wants nothing but the best for everybody. He assumes the best in people, and for that reason, people have a tendency to kind of rally behind him and sort of give him their support. Anyway, he's at this game, and the guy drops the F-bomb. He and his brother are both adopted, but his adopted brother is gay. So he does not respond too well to hearing... Homophobic jokes. Homophobic uh, insults being hurled around. And he beats the shit out of this hockey player with extreme prejudice. Dude, it's so badass. He fucking headbutts the dude while the guy is wearing a helmet. And and cracks the helmet. Yeah, dude, he fucking wastes him. Which is fucking awesome because, like, he punches the shit out of the guy. And (laughs) Jay Baruchel at some point shouts, oh my god, the fat fucking face period. (laughs) Because Dude's he punches him right, blood. He's right in his, his eyebrow, massive, and it just gushes blood. Massive barreling blood, 
and then the hockey player decides that he's just going to soak up one more hit. Well, Doug throws a goddamn head. Well, well, that was the thing. That's the thing, though, right? He's he stopped. He stopped the assault, and the entire arena stopped to look at him because he's beating the shit out of this huge hockey player. And he gave the guy a chance. Yeah. And you know, basically, was like, "Have you had enough?" And the guy dropped the f bomb one more time. And that's all it took. And that's all it took. Just broke his face. Knocked this dude's lights out into the next century. So this gives him some renown. Yeah, and he gets featured on Hot Ice, which is, I mean, don't we all want to be on Hot Ice? Right? I, I mean, I want to be on Hot Ice. I would like to take a quick aside and just talk about Hot Ice as yeah. a quote from Rookie of the Year. One of my absolute favorite quotes in that movie is, Some pitchers like to ice their arm after a game. Some think heat is the way to go. I have discovered the secret. Hot Ice ice you heat up the ice cubes it's the best of both worlds sorry uh let's return to this podcast that we're doing it's true (laughs) okay um okay blah 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 blah. he gets some around he shows he's featuring hot ice boom he gets a call from a coach and uh, he finds himself a part of an actual hockey team the coach of the team that the player was on no or no, the coach of the team that the player was facing off against, that's mm-hmm. right, uh, calls into Hot Ice and talks to Doug on the air and was like, hey, I want you to show up to the rink at, you know, tomorrow at 9.30. And Doug goes, all right, I'll see you tomorrow or 2.30. <laughs> um, so in short order, Doug gets on this team. He does not know how to play hockey uh, or really even skate, but the coach works with him. There's this great montage where Doug is, he doesn't get good. He never gets good. But he's getting better. He's learning how to skate. He's learning how to handle the puck. And at one point, the coach is like, yeah, it's good. It's okay. You got to be shitty to get better. I think about that quote so often. <laughs> yeah, you got to be shitty to get better. It's such a great. <laughs> it's good. Oddly it's a motivational, great right? inspiration <laughs> quote. You got to be shitty to get better. <laughs> and so Doug keeps working at it, keeps working at it. Learns how to skate. Learns a little bit how to play. But he's not there to play. He's there to punch people. There to out. fight. Yeah. So it turns out that the coach's brother is the coach of a team in the next league up. He's a coach of the Halifax Highlanders, and he has a problem. He's got this player who actually got called up to the majors, was doing really, really well, and then gets fucking laid out with this really cheap hit, gets a third-degree concussion, the unconscious-for-like-hours-type concussion. Yeah. It's almost like a PTSD thing, where, like, he's he's unable to perform at his peak because he's so terrified that he's going to get He keeps He keeps choking on the ice because he's afraid that he's going to get knocked the fuck out again. Yeah, he had this high-profile moment where he gets into a fight with this guy. What's his name? Ross the Boss Ray. Yeah, who just lays him out flat, and it just... It completely cripples his career. Well, it wasn't a fight, though. It was a cheap shot. He came out of, like, left field while LaFlemme was doing his thing. And, and threw I think, an elbow to the back of the head. Yeah. And slammed and I, him into the glass. I think the only reason I split hairs on that is I think that's important because I think part of LaFlemme's problem was supposed to be he can't focus on the puck because he keeps thinking a hit is coming from behind, right? Like, if it were a fight, it'd be like, oh, if I don't drop my gloves, I'm not going to get into another fight. Right. It's like... In the effect. second I focus on my what I'm doing, I'm exposing myself to being fucking laid out from the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's crippled, basically. Yeah. You know. uh, doesn't do well, um, but they want to hang on to him because he's, you know... He's a talented player, technically. So good. 
Yeah, exactly. In a technical way. He's a yeah. very skilled player. They said he got drafted number two overall. So, like, hella talented player. So they send him down to the Farm League, which is the Halifax Highlanders. That's what Kim Coates is coaching. But they want Doug Glatt to move up from the Assassins. What were the... They were the something Assassins. Yep. Move up to the Halifax Highlanders to basically watch the Flums back and beat some ass. Which I thought it was interesting that, like, his jersey number was 69 versus 70. So, like, it really kind of showed that those two characters were meant to be kind of side by side. You know? Oh, was Laflamme 70? Mm-hmm. So Laflamme was 70, oh, okay. and he was 69. That's interesting. I never actually, I didn't pick up on that. That's Everyone really else was kind of, like, just thoroughly, like, dispersed, you know, single digits. Yeah. You know. Oh. But those two were right next to each other, and that couldn't have been accidental. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of shit in this movie like that, right? Like, little details that both give this movie sort of depth, but also, like, make it very unique. You know, I know we're not into, like, likes and dislikes yet, but Jackson, so help me, if you criticize this movie on cinematography... He won't. I will fight the shit out he of you. He won't. I've got points to bring I, up Me too, me too. I've I got a fucking list. Cinematography's good with this one, okay? <laughs> I said nothing. We're He's, not trying to tip our hands I here. I said <laughs> nothing. We'll, we'll come back to this. We're gonna revisit this. So... Yeah, we gotta pick up the pace. Yeah, so he's on the Halifax Highlanders. Basically, I think the sort of middle of the movie, in some respects, can be summed up with... It just goes um, lightning fast at that point. The Yeah, the Highlanders are a team that are struggling to be a team. They don't necessarily trust each other. They don't necessarily like each other. They're just guys who got collated to play a fucking game. Well, and it's very and, clear that Laflemme is dealing with an ego issue. He thinks that he is the reason that the hockey team exists, and everyone is there to serve him but he's also not taking his job seriously because he's afraid of taking a hit yeah i mean you're right but also drugs and fuck tapes because oh, yeah. he's trying to cope with the you know concern that he has he's a battered big shot kind of yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. a good way of putting it so doug is introduced to the team basically with the understanding that he is a thug he's a goon his job is to fight but what nobody anticipates and i think is the sort of central theme of this movie is he doesn't just supply the fists he supplies the heart of the team as well and that is sort of the key to what's going on is he sort of slowly infects the rest of the team with hope and with camaraderie and his innocent good nature is contagious to the other players they want to be better versions of themselves because doug is you know i don't say the best version of himself but he is so honest so caring not just about himself and people he knows but his teammates people he's never met and it's it's inspirational in that way i actually even made a note that like this movie in many respects reminds me of the show ted lasso in that like ted lasso is such an amazing show you walk away from every episode feeling good because you're watching characters become better versions of themselves you're watching people try their hardest to be better and it's really inspirational it's it's relaxing and meditative in a way because it's so easy to make film and television that's based on conflict and anger and hatred it's much more difficult to not only make it based on good vibes people who are trying to better themselves trying to make the world a better place but also make that like not cheesy corny and unbelievable yeah you know and i think this movie does it as well as ted lasso does where like you're sitting there and you're like fucking Doug yeah man like you're such a lovable goofball (laughs) like sorry I went off on an aside there but I feel like that really gets to the spirit of this movie and why it sort of touches you in the way that it does right is like it's not just a comedy it's not just a sports movie it's a drama it's not just a fighting movie 
Yeah, it's a drama, but drama almost always is synonymous with, like, you know, shit that's really depressing, right? Yeah. The piano is a drama. Jacob the Liar is a drama. This is, like, inspirational and happy. But you're right, it's in a drama way, right? It's, it's, it's like... It's coded in, in humor and crass jokes, but, like, at the heart of it, I think because his character is so genuine, and we haven't really talked about his love story, because there is, like, a romance element to this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so wholesome. The, the heart of the movie feels good. It feels earned, but it's just coated in so many layers of like dick and fart jokes. Dick and fart jokes, really. <laughs> just like rim jobs and, you know, 69s and blah, 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 yeah, and all this but, like, but you, you know, like right college humor it. type stuff. This it, crass humor. It's good, you know, at, at its heart. It's a good person helping a team achieve a positive thing. And like, I feel like that's just, that's such an underrated marriage, right? Oh, yeah. It's like crass, an F bomb every second word, and, you know, people making references to like every fucking possible like sex position and, whatever married to like genuine wholesomeness kindness and humanity it sounds like an odd pairing on the surface which i feel like is why a lot of screenwriters probably avoid it but this movie proves that it can fucking box oh absolutely uh, so to kind of fast forward through the hit points, you know, scaling up to the playoffs, the Highlanders are struggling their way there because they're still trying to be cohesive as a team. And Laflemme is very much realizing that Glatt is there not only to fight, but also protect. Like he is a defender of the team. Anytime one of them takes a hit, he goes out there like an assassin and just takes out players one by one. All the while he's building a relationship with this girl, Eva, who has a boyfriend. So that's a little bit problematic, but... <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's, he, you know. <laughs> uh, he's campaigning to, you know, build a relationship with her despite knowing that she has a boyfriend. But even even so... <laughs> campaigning. I want your vote yes. for your lips on my face. Yes. But that's a, that's a good way to put it, because, like, he doesn't... He's like, not pushy about it. Yeah, he acknowledges it, and then once he's, like, aware, he backs off. Yeah. yeah. And she's the one that's sort of like, well, maybe... Which, which maintains his innocence, And he right? still yeah. calls her because he's thinking about her, and he admits, he's like, hey, uh, the reason I called is because I have a crush on you. And she's like, well, I have a boyfriend, so bummer. And he's like, yeah, I know. I just, I thought you should know that I have a crush on you and I like you because you have a pretty name and um, a pretty face. Yeah. No, but like it, it does a good job of, like you said, like maintaining his innocence while he is courting a taken person. And but the again, ball is completely in her court. She could be like, look, bitch, I have a boyfriend. Step off. And he would be like, yeah, sorry. Okay. And sorry, he's got sorry, every reason to believe that he would. Absolutely. He does it in every other situation. Why not here? But she's giving him cues of like, I really like you too. And he's like, so Doug is simultaneously courting Eva, and he is kind of inspiring his team to be better while getting into fights and beating the shit out of people. And it's kind of a fun montage because each fight is different for very different reasons. I feel like we maybe we shouldn't go into why, you know, because I leave that for the viewer. But, like, it's enjoyable to watch oh, him yeah. sort of march through these various, you know... Can I just mention one of my favorite fights in the entire movie real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I know exactly so, which one you're going to you say. You know. <laughs> so they get on the ice, and this other player, this huge guy, looks at him right about to drop the puck at the start of the game, and he goes, hey, you want to go? And Doug goes, yeah, all right. And the other player goes, good luck, bud. Yeah, good luck to you, too. <laughs> they drop the puck immediately. Both players throw down their gloves and go at it. The fight breaks up and they both look at each other and they're like, hey, nice fight. 
Hey, yeah, you too, bud. He's a nice guy. It was. He's <laughs> a real nice guy. It was so cordial. Yeah. Um, which I think. It was awesome. I think it, scenes like that, as silly as it sounds, I think are important to illustrate that, like, Doug doesn't typically fight out of anger. He fights because that's what his team needs. That's what he's told to do. He gets he, paid to bleed. He just happens to be really good at it. He doesn't hold any ill will against the people who he's fighting unless he is in the rare instance fighting them because he is angry but speaking, doesn't happen often but speaking as a recovering hockey player it really speaks to the heart of the sport too because the players know the fans are there for multiple reasons one of which blood is blood <laughs> If a diehard hockey fan goes to a game and a fight doesn't happen, they walk away mad. It doesn't matter if their team wins or not. They walk away mad. They'll start their own fight in the parking lot. They'll start their own fight in the parking lot. I've seen it happen. I've been a part of them. But that's one of the things that speaks to the heart of the sport. Both players were like, hey, let's just get this out of the way now. Let's just write this off. Let's just check off this box. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to talk about that one. No, it was good because it did a great job of just illustrating that like he's just there for fun. Okay, so we've kind of got three things going on. We got Doug, who's inspiring the team. He is also courting Eva, and simultaneously Ross the Boss Ray, the guy who delivered the hit to Xavier Laflemme. He, in the beginning of the movie, sort of gets knocked down to that farm league. So he has sort of re-entered the farm league. So now he's in the same league as Doug, the same league as Laflemme. Um, and he is coming like a freight train. Sort of everybody knows that Ross the Boss Ray, he's almost 40. He's on his way out. It's he, his last season in the sport. Yeah, he's done. But he's a goon too. And Doug, at one point they're talking and he even says like, so you're the new me. <laughs> like, Doug is the new Ray. They are fighters and sort of everybody knows that because they're in the same league and basically Doug's job is to protect Laflemme. The whole team, but Laflemme specifically. And Ray is now going to be gunning for Laflemme because he's the whole reason that his career's fucked. There's a showdown coming between these two. So oh. it's simultaneously these things, right? Doug is trying to build a relationship and get over Laflemme's bullshit to make a friend. And he's the sort of the last card to turn. He's breaking through Laflemme's bullshit ego and hard shell in order to get to the gooey center that is the Tootsie Roll of Xavier Laflemme. How many licks do you think it takes to get to the center of Xavier Laflemme? Two and a half. Two and a half? It's two and a half. Oh, is it two pump chomp? I would say it depends on how much cocaine he's got. Okay. Okay. So this is like a linear equation. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Two and three quarters? Yeah, give or take. (laughs) So we've got Doug sort of doing all these things simultaneously. He's a busy guy. Yeah. And Multitasking. As you can imagine, he does end up squaring off with Liev Schreiber, Ross the Boss Ross Ray. Ross the Boss Ray! They get into a climactic fight at the end of the movie, and both of them fucking, you know, leave in not so great shape. But the but- fight ends, and Doug does end up sort of coming out the victor in the sense that, like, the last man standing is the victor, right? Barely that doesn't, standing. It doesn't matter. It's not boxing. It's not... How many hits the other person delivered, right? It's well, they like, both got knocked on their ass. Just one of them sat up. Right, yeah. yeah. So this big climactic fight scene happens. I think we would all agree that Doug just barely comes out the victor. Mm-hmm. Well, I, would, I mean, um, I would say that Doug was more or less the loser, but he got the last lick in that, like, sealed it. But that's what I'm saying is I think that's what makes the victor. He right? limped away, barely standing, barely conscious. But the difference is Ross the Boss Ray got his ass knocked the fuck yeah. out. Which yeah. is the most important thing. That is the, that is the only takeaway. You could punch me 97 times. But if but I if hit I you once. hit you once and you're fucking down on your face, 
I win. Yes. And that's just, that's uh, back to what we were saying earlier, right? Is like, it's not just about how much damage you can deliver, how much you can take. It's about both. Because mm-hmm. if you can take 100 hits, but it takes you 99 to knock the other person out, you're only winning by one. Yeah. And that's a close game. But if you can take 100 hits and you can knock them out in one. Yeah. I mean, that was it with like Muhammad Ali, right? It's oh, like, yeah. He was good at not getting hit. But if he was getting hit, from what I understand, I'm not a I'm not a boxing aficionado. But like, from what I understand is if he was getting hit, he wasn't doing very well. Right. Like, he he didn't take hits well. He was good at avoiding them and letting the other person tire themselves out. And then he could deliver a lot of power in his response. There was a fighter in the UFC, and I can't remember his name right now, but he was an older fighter. He had hands the size of trash can lids. And he was good at one thing. He was good at laying out one hit and knocking that other fighter complete out. He had bad knees, he had a bum back, and he had bad shoulders. Other than the hitting people really hard and knocking them out thing, he's kind of describing me. It's relatable. Uh, (laughs) Bad knees, bad back, bad shoulders. And there was I'm basically in the UFC. Just layered it. I'm basically in the UFC. And there was one fight where he was facing off against somebody that knew his weaknesses, and he would dance around the ring just laying kicks to this bad leg over and over and over and over until he went down. Well, I mean, that's just, that's just skill. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so... Kind of roll credits, right? Like, I mean, basically, we, we yeah, sort of, yeah. we get the climactic fight scene, and there is some, so when you're watching this movie, don't turn it off immediately after the credits roll. There is a scene in the credits where they sort of talk about the real Doug Glatt and what became of him and all that stuff, but pretty much that is the end of the movie. Yeah. He gets the girl, so Eva decides to leave her boyfriend at some point, and Doug, uh, at one point, actually approaches the boyfriend so he can beat the shit out of him and just lets him mm-hmm. because he feels so guilty because Doug Doug's a sweetheart. Right. But that's pretty much it. And I, that's one thing that I appreciate about it. Like, after his battle with Leaf Striver's character, the game ends and that's the end of the movie. Like, it was so tight. Yeah, LeFlem yeah. scores a couple goals now that Ross the Boss Ray is off the ice. That's he it. has that confidence that he's like, hey, no one's coming at me. Yeah. And he scores three goals in the third period and brings it up over and brings it to a winning score. Halifax wins. They roll credits. Which is kind of funny because I feel like this is one of several movies that sort of do this. Sports movies especially. Especially when it's a true story. Is like you're watching it and you're like, oh... The end of the game, they just got into the playoffs. Right. Like, the climactic... Hoosiers did that. And I yeah. remember being, like, fucking just astonished because I hadn't seen that movie. I just recently watched it. I was like, oh, they're just in the playoffs. It's not, it's not the championship they Yeah, they still they have a long they fucking way to go. win the championship. <laughs> they just fucking got into the playoffs. Yeah, it's just like, um, oh, you thought this is what the movie was about? <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it, it's... God, it's just, it's such a fucking genuine movie. It's funny as fuck. It's crass, which I fucking love. You know, I mean, the more dick and fart jokes you can cram oh, into that ninety minutes, like, yeah, amazing. So, like, let's talk about some things that we liked. You know, let's, let's gush about it for a minute. We've I, been gushing about it for the last while. Yeah, but we really have. Let's do, do it. I I loved how fucking quotable this movie was. Oh yeah, like Jesus. Every five minutes, there was something that like one of the three of us was turning to each other and just repeating. Because it was just so hilarious. You know, these are the things that I want to remember so that I can just use in my social life because they're just fucking hilarious. You have a social life? Uh, well, uh, how long has this been going on? A little bit. A little bit. I'm I don't jelly. Wanna, I didn't want to say anything. Don't want to over- you have a social life too? I, uh, you know people? Fuck you guys. Who do you I, know? It's been happening for a while. I'm sorry. Who do you know? 
a lot of people. Oh my god. Fuck you guys. Disgusting. Didn't invite me. Mm. Well, no, let, let me be disgusted by that, okay? Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. It takes the heat off you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It Jackson, does. fuck Come you. on. I'm Please. sorry. Uh, okay. It's a lapse in judgment. It'll never happen again. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, this movie's cast. Oh my god! It's fucking bad. ridiculous. But uh, it was that. Um, what what is the name of this troop? How would you how would you define? Because there's like the Adam Sandler troop. This is not yeah. that troop. This is like the the Seth Rogen troop. But Seth Rogen wasn't in it. Right. Yeah. No. Um, it was. Uh, yeah. Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow. Evan Goldberg. Seth Rogen. It's like their little tribe yeah. was all a part of this. But yeah, the cast was fucking amazing in this. Oh movie. my gosh. Um, there were so many people that we didn't mention that I recognized from, like, really off-the-wall niche shit. Like, the coach of the Assassins is, like, the big bad of season two of Republic of Doyle, which is a Canadian detective P.I. show that happens to take place in St. John's, Newfoundland. Also in sort of the Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen vein, so the second-in-command to the captain in this movie was in the movie Zack and Miri Make a Porno yes um, as barry the guy who gets pegged yes oh <laughs> uh, i fucking i it, you're right there's just so many there's so many people in this movie that i could pieces. mention but i would run out of time yeah. um i well, i'm waiting for one of you to bring it up this movie's so canadian <laughs> it's so good there's some movies that take place in canada and there are some movies that are canadian this movie, even this though it movie actually had doesn't... like a 90% Canadian cast. Even though it doesn't start in Canada, this movie is a Canadian movie. It, it's It's got the accents. They visit... You know what I mean? They, they, they're in Halifax, but they also go to like... They go to St. John's. They go to fucking Montreal. In Toronto. Everywhere. Yeah. I think the only game that they had that wasn't in Canada was in Concord. Like... Yeah. You know... Which is still in New England, which... Like, Canada light. It's Canada. It's Canada light. Yeah. Gander. It's southern Canada. This is coming from a Michigander, which, you know, Canada is basically like the northern part of Michigan. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest. Michigan's the only place you can drive south to go to Canada. Yeah, right. there are friendly neighbors to the south. Yeah. Right. You know what? Another thing I really love in this movie, and, and I mentioned it already, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there again. This movie, it's really good with drinks, you know? like it's, Oh, it's, yeah. It enhances it. Yeah. I, I, I drew the comparison Not to, that we had any. No, no, we did not. We're totally sober. Sober, sober, sober. Um, sober. <laughs> sober. <laughs> I think it was that fourth, that fourth sober that, that really drove it, it home. Thank it. It did. Thank you. Um, that movie. Um, and I, and I compared it already. Uh, Escanaba in the moonlight. Yeah. Oh, you know, dumb moonlight. In dumb moonlight, like that movie is. It's good, but like the more you drink, the better it becomes. This is like that. It's oh, also similar absolutely. in the sense that like Escanaba in the moonlight really leans into the Uper accent and Uper tropes. Chevy Chuck uh, shit. My Chevy Chuck shit. shit. General McGominy from Anomaly. Yeah. So let me hit you with an SLC punk quote. See. To me, <laughs> just climax. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> he just climaxed right there. See, to me, England was nothing more than a big fucking American state, you know, like North Dakota or Canada. I feel like we joke about it, but there is this kind of vibe that like, and don't Canadians, please don't get mad because I consider myself half Canadian as a Michigander. It does feel like Windsor to me is more of a state than Ohio because, you know, nobody, <laughs> wow. nobody likes Ohio. Wow. Like Ontario is the next state over. 
Not Ohio. Oh. Honestly, we'll, listen, we'll give you Ohio, Mississippi, and Florida. Wow, don't and we want to make friends? You give us Ontario. No, hang on. Who else we got to get? Oh, in New Jersey. We'll give you New Jersey. Yes. And you give us Ontario, Newfoundland, Vancouver. Let's throw and, Quebec in there somewhere. And Nova Scotia. I'll give them Florida and Texas for British Columbia. Oh, yeah, British Columbia, dude. Wow. That's what? I said Vancouver. I meant British Columbia. Yeah. We're, we're not. We're, we're pissing a lot of people off here. Listen, we're making trades, Mark. It's a sports movie. That's what you do, That's right? Fair. You swap players. That's fair. Okay. Um, so and get over let's, it. Let's be honest. <laughs> get which, over it. Which players would you rather have on your team? <laughs> All um, right. All right. So uh, <laughs> that holds up for me. Almost I, this bit. This again, this this movie is Canadian. But again, back to movies that it reminded us of. You had mentioned. What did you mention? Escanaba. Escanaba in the moonlight. We had mentioned Slapshot. Kind of, you know, some similar vibes. Hoosiers. Uh, Hoosiers. Another thing that I think is kind of similar. I want to be careful about this comparison, but I think once you watch the movie, you'll understand. But the Water Boy. Yeah. Yeah. So both from like being a sports movie, I think the Water Boy had a sort of comparable amount of the sort of sport of interest, which in that movie was obviously football and this movie's hockey, but I think they highlighted the sport itself a similar amount. The main character is just a bit simple, but also carries with him a violent and effective tendency and also a great deal of heart. I think the Water Boy, again, kind of like Slapshot, is a bit more shtick than this movie is. This movie is a little bit more serious. There's a little bit more depth to it. The Water Boy is very shallow. I love, fucking love the Water Boy. Don't get me wrong. But it's a little bit shallower than this movie. So I want to be careful with the comparisons because I don't want somebody to be like, I watched the Water Boy and it was fucking stupid and they were making, you know, silly ass jokes. Fuck you. Just. They're making silly ass jokes. Yeah, yeah. What's that person's name? Je- Jedediah? No, Jedediah doesn't watch movies. No. Gregory? Fuck you, Gregory. Yeah! Fuck that- Greg. It's- God, Greg. Yeah. No, th- that comparison is really good, though. You know, because it is very similar to Waterboy in its structure. Small town guy, sports team. Oh, also makes it on the sports team without actually, like, playing the sport. Right. Yeah. That's another com- similarity. Right. Just there one, because he can kick ass. One Basically. Movie- one movie that I would compare this to, which we've actually done before, is Balls of Fury. Oh, yeah. Another sport movie that we all three were vehemently in favor of it being a sport yes. movie. Yes. Yes. It is a sport movie. Um, It is a sport movie. It is funny. It has an all-star cast. You have this surprising up-and-comer. You have the the recovering from the fall from grace. Like, it's all there. And I would put it on maybe a slightly higher shelf than Balls of Fury, but yes. they're close. Again, Balls of Fury, a lot of shtick. Yes, a lot less shtick in this movie, a lot more stick in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad you made that distinction. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Paddles versus sticks, very different thing. Yep. Yep. Longer shaft. Yeah, it's all about shaft. It is, yes. you know, some people think it's shaft length. It's not, though. It's the it's the girth. Yeah. Paddles have a tendency to be very girthy. Right. And that's that's what really, like, you know, brings the, the hens home. Who's the goon going to punch you to the moon? Yeah. Shaft. Sex thing. Is that actually a lyric from the Shaft theme song? No. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't at all remember that. You, but you, you said it with conviction. I was like, all right. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I have not watched enough Shaft to, uh, to refute this. He rhymed. It, it did kind of rhyme. And that's, that's really the believability. Uh, okay. So 
Dude, two things that are sort of back to back. First of all, the fucking sound effects in this oh movie. Oh my god! The foley artist, <laughs> the foley artist was working fucking overtime. Oh this movie. yeah. Hang on, let me let me see if this gets picked up. That super gets picked up. Yes, dude. So many like the punches were so heavy, and not just oh. the punches, but the crunches and like the punches were different, right? You there can were, hear teeth coming out. Yeah, there were juicy punches and there were flat punches it was and there good. was oh my. god. God, it hurt. Fucking, it hurt. It did. Yeah, it makes all the difference. I had visceral reactions to some of the impacts in this movie. The, it's fucking amazing. And then, sort of piggybacking on that, I think that's the shining star. But the sort of like you know smaller star in this binary system is not that there were a great deal of special effects, but like really, I thought creative, practical effects used in this movie. Oh yeah, a lot of fake blood, which is awesome. Like yeah, it was you know there's a scene where somebody gets punched next to the boards and they end up sort of spitting out blood all over the plexiglass that person literally spit out that blood they didn't cg it they could have they didn't because they're fucking awesome you know obviously they didn't take a real hit and lose a tooth but they had a mouthful of fake blood waiting for that exactly yes it was really well done it felt phenomenal it felt real yeah and then um should we talk about the cinematography yes let's do it Dude, uh, there was he seems like a, really into it. There was a quick bit in the beginning, and they never went back to it. But like, there was a, definitely like a like a puck camera shot mm-hmm. in the beginning, where like you took the perspective of the puck. Oh. I kind of wish they went back to that. I did Weird. not miss that for a second. I saw that, and I was just like drooling. Oh, Vista. Yes. Uh, so some others that I want to call out: the blood. Again, we're talking about the blood. It was not just blood. It, it really was theatrical. And not in an unbelievable sense, but in, like, there are scenes of, like, blood sort of slowly dripping onto the ice and a, and a tooth sort of cascading in slow motion down towards the ice. The blood was another character in this movie. It really was. Yes! And if you pay attention, it was beautiful the oh. way they used it. Because the movie is about something that is fundamentally brutal. And I, again, I don't want to oversell this movie. It's a comedy. It's a lot. There's a lot of dick and fart jokes. But like the fact that they can make the blood a participant, an active participant, is something that I feel like not many movies have been able to do. I think one of my favorite uses of cinematography in this movie was that about 50% of the time, they portrayed the game from what I would consider the replay cam. Like, it felt yeah. like I was yeah, watching a true. hockey game on TV for most of this movie. They weren't showing the persona cam. They weren't showing the close-ups all the time. They were right there on the ice, just like they would be if you were viewing this from a box at a hockey game. Yeah, yeah actually, you're right. Yeah, they did do that a lot. That is I a was really so, I thing. appreciated that so much yeah. because it just, it, it really encapsulated the heart of the sport and the heart of the game. They showed the overarching shots of the ice. They showed all of the players moving they showed just the right amount of persona cam where you saw it from the protagonist's point of view but then when they did the close-ups of the fights that was obviously the they were highlight. so brutal there are very few movies that i feel like capture the brutality of a fight the way this movie did and it wasn't the fight itself but the setup to the fight i think as far as cinematography goes one of the greatest scenes in this movie truly is as you would imagine the climactic fight scene they are both in the penalty box Ross the Boss Ray is in the penalty box. Doug the Thug Glatt is in the penalty box. And they fucking come out after both of their penalties end. And they are on either side of the frame. It's a, it's an incredibly... They're filming it from all the way across the ice. Yeah, basically from the bench. It, it is an incredibly unbalanced scene. 
They are on far ends of the frame, and you can see a little bit of the crowd. They come out, and they drop their gloves, and the crowd fucking erupts, because leading up to this, the crowd is shouting, Doug the Thug. They want to see this fight. They know it's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. Kim Coates looks over at the other coach, and the other coach kind of gives him this, like, like well, yeah. it's going to happen at some point, you but, know? But that's my favorite thing. <laughs> half the crowd is cheering Doug the Thug. The other half of the crowd is right. cheering Ross the Boss. Yeah. And you get the rhyming symmetry of both of them. They are both enforcers. They are both goons. They are both out for blood. They're the best of the best at what they do, which yes. is this. Well, what's great is that like this this is a sports movie, and it's not even about the final game. It's about the final fight in the final game. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter what the score is. Nobody cares who wins this last game. It's just about this one fight in no. that game. And then the second and it ends, they're like, okay, we've got to wrap this up. Let's have yep. LaFlemme score a we couple of five minutes of, couple of left goals. in the third period. <laughs> like, let's just go. This is really about the Enforcer. It's not about, it's not really even about the sport. And the Enforcer is, you know, in, in hockey, I mean, the unsung hero. And I feel like they highlight that really well in this film is like, LaFlemme says it to him. His coaches say it to him. Ross Ray says it to him. You're a fucking goon. Ross Boss Ray has this line at one point. He's like, everybody loves us soldiers until we come home and stop fighting. And that's just it, right? And then shortly thereafter, he says this line, which I fucking love. He's like, you got this thing, kid. The power, the grit, whatever you want to call it. You got it. Just like me. But just like me, that's all you got. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't go thinking that you're a fucking hockey player. And like, that's just it, right? It's like, Doug keeps trying to prove these people wrong. That No, he is a hockey player because this is actually a very integral part of the game of hockey. Is fighting, being able to punch, being able to take a hit, and defending your team. You play better when you have goons. Every team does. On my team, the Enforcer, the Goon, the Doug Glatt, the Ross, the Boss Ray, was a man by the name of Eric Stoner. Yeah. It's a good last name. And anytime we showed up, the entire crowd would lose it and they'd start chanting, Stoner, 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 Stoner. And you just wait for the fight. Why does it not surprise me that Washingtonians are shouting Stoner, Stoner, Stoner? Uh, they, because that's, it tracks. That's not even a hockey thing. That's just a regular thing. Yeah. That's exactly. I believe that that is a Washingtonian yep, thing. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, is there anything that we did not like? I'm going to be honest. Well, certainly I could like throw caveats out to like, no, not everybody's going to like the crass humor in this. You know, I was there for all of it and I enjoyed all of it. Yeah. I, I had a really good time. If I had to pick something I didn't like. Don't say it'd be me. Uh, I would never. Ouch. I would say I didn't like the romance angle. Okay. Oh, you could have done without it? I honestly think it's integral to the story because it is based on a true story. But if you were to omit anything about this movie, I would omit the relationship between Doug and Eva. I think I agree with you in the sense that I think you could have gotten away without it. However, I do think that that relationship helps to develop our perception of him as a character from like an audience standpoint, I feel like you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily know how, how nice of a guy exactly, he actually exactly, is. Exactly. You wouldn't know Doug as well as you do if you didn't see him not just with his teammates, not just with his family, but also with a potential love interest. Right? right. And how delicate he can be and how affectionate he can be. And so even though I think it is an integral part of the story and I think that it should remain in, 
If you had to nitpick. If I had to nitpick, that's the one thing I would do. Right. No, I, I get that because it, it was like adjacent to everything else that was going on. Yeah. 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 And well, he did effectively come between a man and a woman in an active relationship. I'm really hoping one day to come between a man and a woman. Find the right man and woman. I know. They will I, definitely let you come between them. Maybe I won't come between them. Maybe it'll be like one side or the other. I would aim for the middle. And if you happen to hit one side or the other, I'd say it's, you know, hit or miss. You'll just kind of like squeeze it. Just get all the angles. Sawed off shotgun. Yes. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. It's like putting your finger on a garden hose. Exactly. Just like, you know, <laughs> spread the love. And by love, I mean semen. Right, but that's a... But you're talking about a penis. Wait, we are? No. Wait, what? Okay. Mark, get your mind out of the gutter. Come on. What the fuck is wrong with him? Come on. God. Okay, so the only other thing, I don't know if I would necessarily put this into things I didn't like, but I, it just wasn't explained well enough, was in the final scene, in the final game, the announcer says this is the first time that Xavier Laflemme has been on the ice with Ross the Boss Ray since his infamous hit in the big leagues. And I was really confused about that because I was like, wait, no, they played them before. There was an earlier game and Doug didn't get to play because he was suspended because of a particularly sort of brutal attack he perpetrated on another player in the previous game. He's suspended for one game. I was like, wait, no, Laflemme was in that game. But I think what they didn't explain, which makes sense if I think about it, but I, they didn't talk about it, is that Laflemme wasn't in that second game because he took a really brutal hit. That's why Doug fucked that guy up so bad and got suspended. He took a really fucking bad hit the game before, but they didn't explain that. So when they were like, oh, this is the first time they've been on the ice together, I was like, no, it fucking wasn't. But now I, now I think I get it. I, just, I feel like they could have done a better job at explaining I that. I do have something to correct you on about that. Oh, please. So, uh, they did cover that. Oh, they did? Yeah. So, there was one point in that game that Doug is sitting out, and he's standing, you know, right inside the player's box yeah. watching the game. Xavier Laflemme was on the ice, and every time Ray left the player's box, he got called back. And the oh. announcer actually actually mentioned it one time during that game. So he was actually he on says, the ice. He says, Ross the Boss Ray is coming out and Laflemme is off the ice. And so oh. they mention it. So he so, was actually in the game. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't on the ice at the same time. Exactly. Okay, but I feel like my point still stands. It still stands. They did not explain that sufficiently. No. So no. I nitpicking, splitting hairs, but that is something I disliked. Yeah. That's fair. That's um... Fair. Is that it? Pretty much? I think that's pretty much it. Are we ready to move on to quotes? I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's starting us off? Well, I have five. Uh, I, I narrowed that down from nine. Okay. This movie's so fucking quotable. It's so quotable. Jesus and you Christ. will understand when you watch it. Well, because like half this movie is like fucking quips. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. So my first quote is literally from the first moment that Doug is meeting his teammates in the locker room prior to their first game together. He says, uh, what about Laflemme? Where's he at? And Ogilvy says, probably giving some single mother herpes in a parking lot. Fuck. It's not what you want. Listen, haven't we all? Uh, my second quote comes from a scene in a bar where Ogilvy, the captain of the uh, Halifax team, is giving a post-game speech. 
very, very heavily. He is also divorced and very depressed. Going and, through and a al- divorce. And an alcoholic. And, and an alcoholic. He's very drunk at this point. He says something very unintelligible and passes out on the bar. And his little buddy, his little assistant, his little, you know, mini-me, just grabs his head, cradles his face, and goes, Sleep peaceful, old wanderer. Old wanderer. <laughs> it's such like a quiet, gentle line. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy to miss. Don't go quiet in that good night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My third quote is from Doug after his first night out with Eva. This is the night they meet, actually, and they make out briefly, and he walks her home and says, why don't I call you sometime? And she says, well, I have a boyfriend, so that probably wouldn't be a good idea. And he says... Well, why don't you give me your number and I'll promise that I never call you. <laughs> it's so, like, wholesome. He's trying so desperately to, like... Respect her boundaries, yeah. but he just wants to talk to her. Just give me your number and I'll promise not to call you. <laughs> yeah, that that he broke that promise. Yep. My fourth quote is him talking to Laflem through the wall after they've had, like, a little best friend fight. You know, Doug Glatt didn't have his back during a game, and uh, Laflem took a hit, and it became a whole problem. And Glatt is trying to make nice, and through the wall he goes, I have this light in my stomach, and you have a light in yours, and my stomach light needs your stomach light. Like E.T., and we can all phone home together. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where you're, like, you're listening to it and you're like, oh, what? okay, where, where is he going <laughs> where with this? Where is he taking this? Again, it's like weird and wholesome and... It kind of it kind of makes like sense it. in its own sort of bizarre way. Like, I get it, but... So, my last quote is from the coach when they're at the bar after the game and Doug Glatt saves the day by stopping a game-winning goal from the other team. He very drunkenly gets up in Doug's face and goes, The stuff that you're... That is... is fucking great. <laughs> Which could, it's like, it can only be delivered by Kim Coates. Oh my god. He was perfect to deliver that. I can't do it justice. He's a Canadian drunk. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so I similarly had a boatload of quotes that I have whittled down. Quote load of boats. Uh, Quote load of boats. So we didn't really describe that Jay Baruchel is the crass character in this. He is the, I mean, he literally cannot stop saying fuck or talking about rim jobs or, you know, 69ing or strippers. Like, it's just always happening. He's just, he's just fucking, he's just the worst from that. Anyway, so he is the one that sort of, he's very supportive of Doug. And he gets Doug on the train to go to the Halifax Highlanders. And the train starts pulling away and he starts running down the platform and he goes, That's my friend! I know Doug the Thug Glatt! I remember when his dick was a tiny little fucking Christmas light! <laughs> Just the way he says Christmas light. Oh, the visuals. That is such an amazingly awkward comparison, right? Oh. Like, it's just, dick is a Christmas light. And then, okay, this is kind of a long quote. It's a back and forth between the goalie, who is just fucking, he's got an accent of his own. And on his helmet has his mother's face. And there are two sort of Eastern European players that like to fuck with him because he gets really riled up. And they're laughing. And he goes, what are you laughing at, giggly bits? Which, by itself, I I use that quote pretty frequently in my daily life. (laughs) What are you laughing at, giggly bits? And they start, like, fucking the helmet. And they're like, skull fuck your mother. And he goes, goes, you fucking Chernobyl motherfuckers. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they go, they go, oh, is that, oh is that, they start talking about like, oh, it's a tight pussy. There's no way a baby come out of that. You adopted. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm on your team. Is anybody else fucking seeing this? <laughs> Too far. Which is so good. Like, it's just like the call to the, the room. It's like, is anybody else seeing this? I'm on your fucking team. Stop uh, fucking with me. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, um, because that was sort of the first introduction of his character, the captain is, is sort of explaining who everybody is to Doug. And he says, you know, that's so-and-so. And that's Belchy. And that's Belchy. And Belchy goes... Two fucking rules, man. Two fucking rules. Stay away from my fucking Percocets. And do you have any fucking Percocets? <laughs> Beautiful. So fucking good. Okay, my next one is also by those Eastern European guys fucking with Belchie. And <laughs> they post a picture of him uh, that's been photoshopped with a beach ball sort of like disappearing into the goal behind him. And they're like... They think it's the funniest thing because, like, you cannot even stop a beach ball. You know, they're talking about this and <laughs> they're explaining it. They go, See, beach ball is bigger than hockey puck. That is why joke is. <laughs> <laughs> that is why joke is. <laughs> you know, like the way he delivers it. So good. Um, oh, my God. There's nothing worse than getting insulted in broken English. Uh. That's, that is particularly brutal. Okay, and then my very last quote. I fucking love this quote. It is from the very first game that he plays with the Highlanders. There is this maybe teenage, tweenage girl singing the Canadian National Anthem. And it is bad. Like, real bad. (laughs) Like, she finishes and the announcer just starts his commentary with, Well, that was borderline treasonous. Another one I have worked into sort of my daily life. It's so bad because you can tell like she's so into it. Like, you know, it's not for the bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was borderline treasonous. (laughs) So I've got two. Maybe you guys can help me fill out the context within this one. But this is when Doug is first kind of introduced to the team. And who was the character? I think it was the goalie that he was talking to. Um, Belchie? Yeah, when he made the goalie, he's like introducing himself and, and everybody around him. He's the team captain. He's the guy who ended up passing out the old wanderer. Yes. Who right. passed out. Anything you need, you tell me, and he'll get it. <laughs> you know? It's just so good. It's and so by like he, dismissive. he's referring to the guy who was cradling him later. Yes. Old, old wanderer. Oh, my God. Um, and this one, too. Yeah, so I, I don't remember exactly what the context was. I just remember this line being thrown. This movie is full of just quotable lines. But, like, this one just jumped out at me. It was in the middle of, like, an argument or a fight between two teams. But, you know, I think it was the same guy. I think it was the the, the captain. Ogilvy, yeah. Ogilvy that threw it out here. It's like, if, if I wanted lift from you, I'd rattle my zipper. <laughs> you know? And it's, like, it's just so, like, just, like, abrasive. It's the, it's the kind of line that, like, only so... Like, he's definitely, like, a much older player. He's oh, yeah. on the cusp of retirement. He's probably... Like, he's probably 40, right behind uh, Ray. 40, yeah, he's well, probably like, 40. All of his stories are he's about like, his, like, divorce. That's the kind of line that only a player of that age would just have in the can. Oh, yeah, red, absolutely. Ready to go, you know? It's like, I, I want to say that to somebody else, you know? I want to use that in my daily life. Yeah. A zipper? I recommend you do. If because you have piss stains lip. all up and down your pants. Ah, God, God damn it, Jackson. If I want a lip from you, I'd rattle my zipper. Like, it's just so... It's... Oh, it's evocative, isn't it's it? It's good. It's good. So, yeah, that, that's what I got. Uh, are we Lurdern? I think we are. We're going to move into a couple of ratings, perhaps. Oh, we're going to rate this. You know? We're going to riggedy raggedy rate? Yeah. Um, I'll jump in first. All right. You know, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Uh, again, my ratings tend to be quite subjective, and I'm going 7.9. 
because I had a good fucking time with this movie. 7.9 missing teeth. Ooh. Bit of an yeah. abstract. Yeah, no, that's that's very appropriate. I'm going to jump in because uh, believe it or not, I actually have my rating and my metric. I know, oh! right? It's fucking rare. Um, I am going to go 8.1 Chernobyl motherfuckers. <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> with that accent. It's, just, it's like we're watching Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> I am going to roll in here with an 8.4. Wow, we're high. Yeah. Stuffed Angus. St- oh. Oh. Well, it's official. It's official. It's official. It's, it's official. not weird. It's not weird. It's official. Wait, hang on. Do we have any other kind of rating? Oh, man. Let me let me check under this cushion here. Uh, Do we have a scene score? Scene score. Scene score. Mark went a little falsetto at the end there. Yeah. Nice. I started low, scene went high. Score. Um, okay, so thank you to everybody who responded to our movie familiarity survey this week. We had nine responses. Um, you guys are gems. All of you. Absolutely. Those of you who are listening to this and didn't respond, fuck you. Yeah! What the WTF? What the WTF what indeed? the <laughs> WTF? What the WTF? Where's the fridge? What the what the? Where's the beef? What the what the F? Average familiarity score out of ten. You ready for this? 1.7. Whoa! What the fuck? Wow. That's way lower than I thought. <laughs> and, and maybe that's why people didn't respond. I thought you know, maybe because they were ashamed at three or something. Yes, I feel like wow. I feel like in the the circles I run in, which are not many, right? It's this circle. Basically. I try not to run unless I'm being chased. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to it's run. It's more of an oval, you know. This movie is a little bit better known. So our average score was 8.2, which I think is really appropriate because yeah. I gave it an 8.1. Yeah. I think you guys rated it a little high, if I'm honest. He was low. <laughs> I was high. 0.1. Um, no, we were we had a tight grouping today. Yeah. So 8.2 on our average score gives this movie a scene score of 9. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, no, that's solid. Yeah. I, I stand by it. I, I really do. Like, I feel like I had anticipated, because I've seen this movie so many times, when we started tonight, I really thought I was going to rate it lower. I thought we were all going to rate it lower. I thought its scene score was going to be kind of middle of the road, but I fucking forget how much I love this movie. Oh, yeah. So another movie this reminds me of, and I don't even know if it really tracks, but like Anchorman, in that like, it's just so quotable and enjoyable. This felt like it had that, like it was just, it was just a good movie. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's stupid. It's irreverent. It's like, silly, but, but it's, it's also really wholesome, engaging. It doesn't require a whole lot of focus because it's fast-paced. It's a tight 90. Yeah. Uh, you know what we got this week? What did we get? What did we get? Some electronic mail. What? We just got an email. <laughs> <laughs> that our new thing? Is that what we're doing? That's from Blue's Clues. I, you know what's funny oh. is like, I actually was going to ask is like, it seemed like you were going to do the Steve from Blue's Clues. We just got a letter. That's what we I was expecting. We just got a letter. I threw a little. That's what I was expecting. I wonder who it's from. I threw. But they're doing email now? Yeah. So it's Blue's Clues and you has Josh and Josh gets letters and email. Motherfucking Josh out here living in the 21st yeah, century. Also, his handy-dandy notebook has a tablet on the other side. Oh, my side. God. We got an email this week. A couple of emails, actually. The first one is from our number one fan, John Clay. <laughs> our number one fan. Thank you very much. Sorry. Um, Ostrowski? Oh, sorry. Matt Ostrowski is our number one fan. Matt Ostrowski is our number one fan. John Clay is number six at best. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, oh, hang on. Can, can we say like number 1.2? 1.2. Not even 1.5. Wow. He's right up on that well, one. He's like threshold. right up there. He's right. Who do you like more? 
Who do I? You know what? <laughs> who who do I like more? God damn it, Jackson! You tell me who do I like more? Ah, uh, Dan. Yeah, Dan Fogelman. Absolutely not familiar. I was thinking cousin Dan. I was cousin, Dan. cousin Dan. Yeah. Cousin, oh. cousin Hi, Dan. Dan, you're a gem. Okay, so howdy doody, Dan. We're gonna read Matt's email here because Matt definitely sent his email in first. Absolutely, De- definitely. There's no question about 110,000%. that. One hundred and ten thousand. There's a timestamp on That's these. That's chronologic. Uh. <laughs> Greetings, Mark, Colin, and Jackson. I'm a little upset he didn't put me first, but that's fine. That's yes. we'll just we'll, I'll edit that in post. Would you call him an asshole for that? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And I'm going to fight him. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have Sean William Scott fight him. There you go. First off, I just want to say I love the show. Well, we love you too. We mm-hmm. do. When you get our names in the right order. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the order. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Kind of liked it. I I sort of hate the order personally. I think it's the worst. <laughs> Jackson did get shafted. I'm at least number two. I, I'm I'm poop. <laughs> Jackson isn't even a biological function. He's a foundation. Unless you include vomit and give it a number three. But or I think sweat? Are you sweat? Ooh. I think I'd rather be sweat than vomit. You all do a swell job of embodying what I imagine when I hear the title Three Men in a Basement. Thank you. I yes. disagree. It but is musty down here. There's yeah. a lot of dick and fart jokes. We dressed it up for you. But none of us are wearing clothes. That's a fact. We're dead sober. My, well, 100%. Genitals? That being said, you do an even better job of providing a show that far surpasses the quality that the title might suggest. Aww. Is that a backhand? I don't know how to take that. That's I like feel, a, yeah, I feel like the redheaded stepchild I'm gonna, now. Like, I'm going to take that as a compliment, but Matt, you're on watch. Thin ice, must, buster. <laughs> Musty buster. <laughs> Musty must buster. buster. <laughs> you provide exactly what I have come to expect from a great podcast. Yes, we have. That's yeah. true. You know, that's that's uh, an indisputable without fact. Without a doubt. Indisputable fact. Just a bunch of dudes sitting around and talking about both good and bad about a movie. Love that stuff. Keep up the good work, fellas, and I look forward to seeing what movies you discuss in the future and potentially disagreeing with your opinions. Nobody disagrees with our opinions. Our opinions are outright facts. It is. Yeah, yeah when you when are. you disagree with our opinions, what you're actually putting forward is a lie. Yeah. Wrong opinions. Yeah. Yep. Like, like the fact that we all love the movie Stardust. We, exactly, uh, in indisputable oh, facts. Oh wow, yeah. are we gonna are we gonna tear that off right now? <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna go there right now? Wow, wow, it's the, the band aid coming off. Wow, and into the wound the salt goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now this email is from a gem of a person, John Clay. Oh, John, Malleable? my heart goes out to you. Yeah, not Plato. His first words: "Love this." You know the best part about that? My name didn't come second. Oh. Hey. We're really giving Matt the business. Hey. I feel, I feel, I'm starting to feel a little bad for Matt. Don't. Oh, I won't. Watched 1408 and Citizen X, thanks to you, and I love them. I have a bunch of movies on my must-watch list now. You know, John, I have beef because I wasn't in those. John, maybe mm. you could send us another email of a movie that we reviewed with Jackson. Just going to say, I wasn't a part of that. So, I, you know, I just, just, I'll Matt, just see myself out, John. Matt and wow. John are really wow. falling flat here. Wow. Uh, Take that as a personal insult. No big deal. Yeah, it's not a public insult. He does start the next sentence with, please forgive me. So that's, that's oh. good. Oh. He's okay. trending in the right direction. Okay. okay. Beggars. Okay. Beggars can't be choosers. All right. But I just wanted to say Harrison Ford has played a villain. He fucking corrected us. Wow. Son John, of a bitch. The balls on you. Son did of he a just, bitch. Did he just pull an um actually? Yeah. He did. First of all, oh. he insults me by saying that his favorite episodes oh. don't include me. You know, you can't listen anymore. You know who doesn't correct us? Not loud. Matt. Yeah. Or Dan. 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 Uh, referring to the devil's own episode. Yes, he is right. He does reference here a little bit later what lies beneath. Oh. Mm. Yeah. 
I see the connection. And that man thing, which we reference in the Whale Rider episode, is actually a Marvel property, not DC. Fuck you, John. Wow. Uh, wow. Sorry for the nitpicking. You know what? You can't do that and then say sorry. Yeah. Own it. Own it, John. You can't flick my nipple and tell me you didn't mean to. Wow. Did your nipple get flicked? Sorry. That was me. Oh. Oh, okay. Sorry, John. I didn't mean to. Sorry, John. Uh, I'd love to make some under-the-radar recommendations, but I think they might be a little mainstream for you guys, and then he he lists some recommendations. John, if you're listening, feel free to put some or all or none of these on our movie recommendation list. We've got one now. We've got one. Absolutely. Mo- movie rec list is available on our website, which is T-M-A-A-B, which stands for three men and a... Blastman! To mob! Dot podbean.com. We can also send it to you directly, because... I think somebody here might know you. Um, I'd love to take the survey you mentioned in the podcast. We're, we're going to send that survey to you. Got it. We're going to send it to you right away. Post haste. Uh, now that we've got emails out of the way and we're sufficiently pissed off because of people's improper ordering of our names. John. Uh, John. No, 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 John got it right. No, I know. We're just mad at John now. Well, hang on. We're I'm mad at John Actually, now. no. Well, let's just say Matt got it right because I was first. Oh, you, you're taking that opinion. Wow. What other opinion is there? The wrong one. I don't know. When Which you is what up I a... embody. Well, <laughs> Matt at least included me. That's fair. That's John fair. left me out in the cold. Classic John. Son of a I bitch. Right? I think that's all for the old crap review. Is I it? think you might be right. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, put them on that movie recommendation list or email us at three. That is the number three men and a basement at gmail.com. And, and Grace, if you're listening, please send us at least one more burp envelope. One burp envelope. That's all we ask. You mm-hmm. also need to review all of the episodes in order to find where we first referenced the burp yes. envelope. Send us that in an email at three men in a basement at gmail.com and we'll ignore that email on the air for you. Yes. Also, be sure to check out Machine Gun Teacher. Allison Pill is the lead of that band and she fucking slays. Also, Heart Amidst Fucks. Yeah. Heart. Heart Heart Amidst Fucks. You know what? That's like a really like, I don't know. How do you, how do you describe that band? You know? I'm telling you, man. 80s. Fucking Duran Duran. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. That's it. Yeah. It's complicated. It's electronic. Yeah. It has layers. Like an, an ogre? Like an onion. Oh, you leave it out in the sun, it gets all brown, starts sprouting little white hairs? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I got, I'm right there with you. Or a parfait. You could also find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Mark up! Action Jackson. And we will see you in cyberspace. Bow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one of us was going to do it.